Uh, welcome if it's uh, your first time at church, uh, get to know you over morning tea. My mum has visited, so make sure you meet Lee, my mum. It's the Asian lady with glasses, so, yep. Uh, uh, this morning, we're going to have a look at our short but important passage in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I have it open. Um, well, every now and then, my wife and I like to take a trip up to the Hunter Valley, beautiful part of New South Wales. Um, and one of the things that we like to do up there is go wine tasting. So we pick a few wineries, and because it's sophisticated and mature, we go and taste wine. Um, one of the problems, though, is that when we taste the wine, we can't actually distinguish between any of the flavours. So um, a lady or a gentleman will give us a selection of wines and she'll say something like, um, this one has been in the barrel for a long time so you can taste the oakiness of the flavour. Um, or this one over here is a bit spicier than number three over here. Um, or this one just sort of sits on your palate for a bit longer than the others. And Mercy and I, we just smile and we nod and we go, wow, yeah, I can really see what's going on. But inside, we have no idea what is going on and we just wonder why we keep doing this to ourselves. Yeah. At the end of the whole process, what typically happens is, because we feel guilty, we buy a bottle not based on taste, but whether the bottle has won an award in the last five years. Yeah. In our very short passage this morning, John is going to help us to test those very subtle flavours of those who claim to speak from God. So a very short but very important passage, let's pray. Our Father God, would you give us great discernment by your spirit this morning, so we may test the spirits well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, pick it up with me at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, just as we've seen that things like love and things like obedience are hallmarks of the Christian faith, so we are to be a testing community. We are to test the spirits. Now, you might hear spirits and might think, well, that's very sort of mystical and very Dr. Strange-like. Um, but as John explains, the reason is because there are many false prophets who have gone into the world and are leading people away from the truth. Um, one of the things that the New Testament speaks of over and over again is that false teaching is often, like those very subtle wine flavours, very hard to distinguish. Um, but it's very persuasive, but it's different enough to lead people away from the truth about God and eternal life. Um, it's sort of like those um, spot the difference pictures. Um, so coming up on the screen, um, those very subtle Differences. It looks exactly the same, or seems to look exactly the same, but it's different and different enough to lead people away from the truth. 
Now, so you're not thinking about this for the whole service, I'm just going to tell you the difference. Um, if you look above the doctor's left shoulder, there's a window there that's not on the other side. Okay, so I'm just going to put that off because that will be a distraction for the rest of the time. So very subtle differences, and so John commands us, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So how do you do it? How do you test the spirits? Well, John, I think, gives us two tests. What you, firstly, what you might call the doctrinal test, and secondly, what you might call the listening test. Doctrinal test, listening test. All right, let's see what we can find. Firstly, the doctrinal test. Have a read of verse 2. Um, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So the first test, pretty straightforward. It's a doctrinal test. Whether or not they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. If they confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, they're from God. If they do not confess Jesus, then they're not from God. Now, I think as soon as you read that, you realise that there's a problem. And that is that it doesn't take much effort to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Any Tom, Dick or Harry could say Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and not be a Christian. Um, so even a Muslim person could say, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And so, what's going on here? Well, it may be that in John's context, there was a group of people who were claiming that Jesus had not come in the flesh, and so he needed to speak against that. Um, but as well as that, I think that in the context of one John, to confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is to profess not just his humanity, but also his divinity. Not just his humanity, but his divinity as well. He is the one who atones for our sin. He is the one who brings us eternal life. In John's other letter, uh, he says that Jesus is the one who has come as the word who has come in the flesh. He is fully God and fully human. And so it's not just mere words, it's a genuine submission to the God who has come in the flesh as a human. Um, now, as I said before, this can make sense as we talk about it here, but can be very subtle in practice. So I've got a sample test for us to do right now. And so coming up on the screen is a modern-day example of a statement of faith from a particular group, which I won't tell you who it is yet. And what we're going to do, we're going to see if we can test this statement to see whether it is from God or not. Now, if you can't read it, I'll uh, read it for you. Here it is. We have faith that Jesus came to earth from heaven and gave his perfect human life as a ransom sacrifice. I think the blue is Matthew chapter something. Um, his death and resurrection make it possible for those exercising faith in him to gain everlasting life. John chapter 3. 
However, we take Jesus at his word when he said, the Father is greater than I am. So we do not worship Jesus as we do not believe that he is almighty God. Now, some of you might think that sounds very similar to what I believe. Jesus has come in the flesh. It seems that this statement may be just what we believe. But I hope you notice there that while they approve of Jesus' humanity, they deny that Jesus is God in the flesh. John chapter 1 is very clear that says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is fully human and fully God. And so this statement from the Jehovah's Witnesses is the spirit of the Antichrist at work in our modern day. This is a false prophet in our current time. So can I just keep beating this drum and say, you have to study the scriptures well. I know that some people say, you know, I just have a very simple faith and I want to believe in Christ and I don't want to overcomplicate things. But if we are going to be good testers of the spirits, we can't have a shallow faith of the scriptures. And so if you're not, for example, part of a regular growth group, can I encourage you to make that a priority? Because that is where we dig deeper into God's word and wrestle with these very subtle flavors of those that speak from God. The other uh, thing you could do is to join a PTC group. In these groups that we come together and study a program to help us learn God's word better and so we can test the spirits. So that's the first test. Know your scriptures. Do they confess the real Jesus who has come in the flesh? The second test is what you might call the listening test. So come with me to verse 5. They that is, the false prophets, are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So the second test is this. Who do they listen to? Um, Do they listen to the apostles in the word of God, or do they listen to themselves and the world? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, you will recognize a false prophet by their fruits. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Um, Bottom line is, a false teacher may hear the words of the apostles, but it won't result in the fruit of obedience and love by the work of God's Spirit. Now, listening is is really interesting because you can hear, but you might not necessarily listen. So recently, I was walking past a children's soccer match and the coach gathered all the kids before the match started and he was very explicit. The whole ground could hear what he was saying. And he said, whatever you do, don't just chase the ball. You need to... Hold your positions, don't just run after the ball. And 
as soon as the whistle started, what happens is that all the kids run after the ball. And so they've heard the coach, but they haven't really listened to the coach because it hasn't resulted in obedience. Now, I've got to make sure, I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that little children are false prophets. I'm just using it as an example to say that you can hear, but not really listen. And I think for these false prophets, they may well hear the sermons at church, but not really listen and let the Spirit of God transform them into having a life of love and obedience. And so, bottom line is, they are actually from the world and not from God. And I think there's a lesson in here for us. I think as God's people, we can come to church each week and we can hear the sermons each week and we can sing the same songs each week, but not really listen to God's word. Um, We can hear the sermon, but not really let the Spirit of God transform our hearts and result in obedience and faith. And if that's you, um, my biggest encouragement would be, um, just as it takes effort to go to the gym, Dan Kim, uh, just as it takes effort to uh, do your job well, just as it takes effort to take care of your family, um, so it actually takes effort to become disciplined reflectors of God's word. Believe it or not, you don't just become a disciplined reader of God's word overnight. And so can I encourage you with just a few practical ways to be ready to hear God's word and so allow the spirit of God to transform your heart. Um, firstly, um, I know this is a big ask in some, for some people, but Saturday nights, I know that it's a time to kind of go out and celebrate and have fun. But often what happens is if you have a big Saturday night, Sunday mornings at 9am are your recovery time, which means that sitting in a sermon can often be the last thing that is helpful. Um, so can I encourage you as much as possible to be alert when we do the sermons here at Sunday at 9 The second thing is, and this is not a personal thing for me, but um, try not to criticise the preacher as much as submitting to the word of God. It's very easy to compare styles of preaching and ignore the teaching of God in the word. And lastly, can I encourage you to ask a friend to keep you accountable if there is a particular sin that you are struggling with? One of the things that's very hard is self-motivated to tackle those very frequent sins in our life. It takes to develop a habit of listening and responding to God's word. And, And friends, as God grows us by his spirit, we are better able to test others. So there you have it, two tests to test the spirits. Do they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the real Jesus, God himself? And are they being transformed by God's word by listening to the apostles' teaching? These are the two criteria that will help us to distinguish the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. Um, But I thought I would end uh, on a note of encouragement, and this applies to this text as well as the book of 1 John as a whole. 
Um, it's been my impression that as we've been working through 1 John, some of us have felt like we're not living up to the standards of God's people. Um, some of us are feeling like we're not loving others as much as we should be. Uh, we're not repenting of our sin as much as we should be. Um, we're not obeying Jesus as well as we should be. And I know that for some of us, we feel like our faith is weak. And even sometimes we wonder whether we are even Christians at all. If that's you, um, John wants to remind us that faith is actually throwing your weight on Jesus because you have nowhere else to go. You realise that your sin is so great and you realise that your obedience is so imperfect that you have nowhere else to turn to but Jesus, the God who has come in the flesh to bring you forgiveness. And John says, if you throw your weight on this Jesus, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you are from God and have overcome them, the false prophets, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If you throw your weight on this Jesus, God in the flesh, God's spirit is at work within you, even when you feel like you're barely holding on at all. Let me pray for us. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we thank you first and foremostly that you 